You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. Cyber operations in Hamas's war, cryptocurrency as a source of funding, and Russian hacktivist auxiliaries shifting their focus. Not all influence operations involve disinformation. Rapid Reset is a novel DDoS attack, a resurgent credential phishing campaign, and Johnson from Afternoon Cyber Tea speaks with Ram Shankar Sivakumar and Dr. Hiram Anderson about the promise, peril, and impact of AI. Our own Rick Howard talks cyber intelligence in the medical vertical with Taylor Lehman of Google. And a quick look back at Patch Tuesday. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Intel briefing for Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. Hacktivists and hacktivist auxiliaries who've joined the war Hamas began against Israel Saturday have claimed widespread and substantial damage to important systems. But so far, their activities haven't extended much farther than familiar distributed denial-of-service operations and site defacements. For example, claims of attacks against electrical power distribution seem to be, for the most part, attention-getting brag— a non-ghosts compromise of the Red Alert app designed to send attack warnings to smartphones seems to be the most consequential of the cyber operations so far. Most of the hacktivism has been conducted in the interest of Hamas, but at least one Israeli group, either a front group or a hacktivist auxiliary, has re-emerged to take a role in the conflict. Predatory Sparrow, known for operations against Iran, has been observed probing Iranian sites and posting warning messages, CyberScoop reports. The messaging said in Farsi, You think this is scary? We're back. We hope you're following the events in Gaza. Iran has long been Hamas's patron, and it's widely suspected of having provided both planning and logistical support to the Hamas operation. Many have asked how Hamas achieved operational surprise Saturday, The reasons are surely complex, but some of the success must be charged to effective operations security. Hamas evaded Israeli cyber and electronic collection by simply going dark, as Bloomberg puts it. They stayed off their devices and conducted business face-to-face in small cells. The most prominent cyber phases of the war so far have been influence operations, many of them conducted on behalf of Hamas, 
or of serving interests only tangentially related to the war. An example is the Russian narrative falsely asserting that Ukraine had supplied Hamas. Other bogus reports appearing online have included posting and mislabeling of old video and even video from online games as representing breaking events in the war. Much of the influence doesn't involve disinformation. The New York Times has an overview of how Hamas has posted, often to X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, images of its atrocities against civilian victims in Israel. These are intended as both expressions of triumph and as incitement to further atrocities. X has been widely criticized for its failure to screen, filter, rate, or otherwise effectively moderate content. Changes to X's content moderation policies have more or less adopted celebrity as standard of newsworthiness and largely abandoned attempts to expose coordinated inauthenticity, CNN reports. A European commissioner has written X to warn the platform that its failures in this respect may constitute a violation of the European Union's Digital Services Act. Content moderation is always in an uneasy relationship with free expression, but X seems to many to have slipped in the direction of the inflammatory and the misleading. The Israeli police cyber unit Lahav 433 has frozen cryptocurrency assets connected to Hamas, Hamas has been actively soliciting donations in its social media accounts since attacking Israel on Saturday. Decentralized finance in general, and cryptocurrencies in particular, have long seen their clearest use case in the transmission of remittances, and such remittances have been flowing to Hamas for some time. Quartz reports that Bitcoin and Tether have been used to deliver millions to Hamas, which many governments, including the U.S. government, have formally designated a terrorist organization. Citing research by Elliptic and BitOK, the Wall Street Journal reports that tens of millions of dollars in cryptocurrency have been delivered to Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and Hezbollah since 2021. Hamas alone received some $21 million between 2021 and June of this year. The cryptocurrency accounts were used not only to raise money, to move funds within the organization. Hamas's attacks against Israeli civilians, with the horrific casualties they produced and engendered, have shifted the attention of many hacktivists and hacktivist auxiliaries from their customary preoccupations, including Russia's war against Ukraine, to the new war in the Middle East. The Guardian, citing research by CyberCX, reports that early signs of this involve influence campaigns. The Guardian writes... At least 30 groups ideologically aligned with Russia, Ukraine, India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh had shifted their messaging on social media. The Russian auxiliaries can be expected to use the war between Israel and Hamas as a pretext to hit targets they're already interested in. Kilnet and Anonymous Sudan are the most prominent such groups to have announced their support for Hamas. Moving away from the Middle East, CISA, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, warns that a vulnerability affecting the HTTP2 protocol is being exploited in the wild to conduct very large distributed denial-of-service attacks. The vulnerability is known as Rapid Reset. 
Some of the major vendors who've issued patches or mitigations against Rapid Reset include Cloudflare, Google, AWS, Nginx, and Microsoft. CISA also recommends that organizations review the agency's earlier guidance, titled Understanding and Responding to Distributed Denial of Service Attacks. The attacks are, so far, not attributed to any particular threat actor, the Washington Post reports, but they've been remarkable for their ability to generate large request floods from relatively modest botnets. CoFence is tracking a new phishing campaign that's abusing LinkedIn smart links to evade security measures, bleeping computer reports. Smart links are a LinkedIn sales navigator feature designed to track engagement for marketing purposes. CoFence explains, while smart links in phishing campaigns are nothing new, CoFence identified an anomaly of over 800 emails of various subject themes, such as financial, document, security, and general notification lures, reaching users' inboxes across multiple industries containing over 80 unique LinkedIn smart links. These links can come from newly created or previously compromised LinkedIn business accounts. The goal of the campaign is credential harvesting. And finally, we wrap up with a quick look at some of the more significant patches issued yesterday during October's Patch Tuesday. Microsoft has issued patches for more than 100 vulnerabilities affecting Windows, three of which are being exploited in the wild, Security Week reports. One of the exploited flaws affects WordPad and could allow the disclosure of NTLM hashes. Another actively exploited bug impacts Skype for business and could lead to privilege escalation. Adobe has patched critical flaws affecting several of its products, including Adobe Commerce, Magento Open Source, and Photoshop. Citrix has issued patches for numerous vulnerabilities affecting Netscaler ADC, Netscaler Gateway, and Citrix Hypervisor. So, it's a good time to review your systems and upgrade what needs upgrading. Coming up after the break, Ann Johnson from the Afternoon Cyber Tea Podcast speaks with Ram Shankar Sivakumar and Dr. Hiram Anderson about the promise, peril, and impact of AI. Our own Rick Howard talks cyber intelligence in the medical vertical with Taylor Lehman of Google. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. 
Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. The CyberWire's Chief Security Officer, Rick Howard, recently connected with Taylor Lehman of Google at the MWISE 2023 Cybersecurity Conference. They discussed cyber intelligence in the medical vertical. Here's their conversation. A couple of weeks ago, Mandia, now part of Google Cloud, hosted the MWISE Cyber Threat Intelligence Security Conference at the Washington, D.C. Convention Center. I met with Taylor Lehman, a director in the office of the CISO at Google Cloud, and the Alphabet Enterprise Health Security Officer. Taylor was a busy man at the conference hosting panels and giving presentations. He spoke with Mustafa Kabe, who came in as the CSO for a company called UKG to clean up after a ransomware attack and discovered the cascading effect of the software supply chain. Brian Sincera, the CISO of Pfizer, who before the pandemic was just another CISO in the healthcare vertical, but after was the CISO for a company that produced the COVID-19 vaccine that would potentially save the world. And wow, what are the security implications of that? And finally, he brought in the deputy CISOs of three large healthcare companies who focus on their internal supply chains. I started out by asking Taylor about the ransomware attack at UKG. He started that role over a year ago, uh, coming in after a pretty uh, impactful breach that uh, resulted in their systems going down for about six weeks um, and, you know, having some interesting sort of effects on its customers, interesting and being not like interesting, cool, but interesting, you know, probably unforeseen. For example, uh, time clocks at hospitals didn't work, right? Um, actually, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but the New York MTA, the Metro Transit Authority that runs the subways, their time clocks didn't work. They ended up, their employees ended up suing their employer. So let me get this right. They break into a hospital and break into the time clock situation, and then it affects all the time clocks of that manufacturer? Is uh, that what I, happened? Uh, the central service has appeared. Wow. I don't have all the details, but the central services running all of that infrastructure uh, were basically encrypted, taken over by a threat actor who was, you know, unhappy that they weren't able to I'm sure they wanted to do more, but the thing that they could end up doing was taking these taking these clocks and some other systems down, holding them for ransom, and then you know causing these downstream impacts. So Mr. Kabe yeah. comes in and he has to fix this after it's already been done. That's the talk. Yeah, is how did you even that begin is, to approach that? That is fascinating. And so what's still going on? And you know we go from everywhere from you know recovering from the attack to rebuilding customer trust, and it's an interesting story. 
So the second thing, are you doing a presentation next? It's called uh, Leadership in Depending the Planet's Healthcare System. Is yeah. that a, it's a, that's a you, mano, you, mano on the crowd. Well, so yeah, the secret to being good at conferences is not having slides or doing presentations. It's more getting other smart people to sit next to and then and then be like, hey, he's, you know, by, you know, by proxy or whatever, you know, this person's like interesting, so therefore I'm interesting. Really? Right? Yeah. Uh, so that's my whole strategy. Uh, so hopefully the podcast listeners here won't won't uh, won't copy me because it's mine. Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> Wait, the, the secret is everybody does that. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm I just saying. Okay. I, I just I want to credit. Um, <laughs> no, so the 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 talk this afternoon is with Brian Sincero, who's the CISO at Pfizer. Um, I've known Brian for for years. Uh, he and I were uh, on the board of the Health ISAC together pre-pandemic, and we worked on a, a couple of really interesting hard healthcare problems. Um, anyway, Brian uh, and I are going to be talking about sort of uh, framing the the conversation starting in like March of 2020. You know, if you recall what we were all doing, what? sheltering in place. Did something happen? I don't remember, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we were all sort of leaving RSA and the world shut down two weeks after that. And, you know, basically a month and a half later, Pfizer was sitting on the sort of first trials of the vet, what would be then become the vaccine. And so... Um, well, it wasn't the first vaccine produced. It was probably the most sort of globally visible and impactful vaccine that was created. And, you know, of course, Pfizer was a, had a big role to play in that. So the talk with Brian is really focused on, like, take me back to that time where from you went from, you know, not saving the world to basically having a medicine that eventually would. And so wow. how did that change, you know, how you thought about your job? How did that change about your team and your role and your purpose? And then bring me through what was it like? How did you see the attacks and threats change from what they were prior to people knowing you had that capability to then you had it and then the manufacturing and all sort of the downstream things that you had to now think about to basically, you know, get shots into people's arms. So Yeah, that, that raises the bar, right, a little bit, right? Because we all think we, what we do is important, but here's a world-changing thing that your company is trying to do and how do you protect that? Yeah, there's a few of us in healthcare who think our job is basically to do that. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what we that's why we choose this particular industry and this profession Amazing. because yeah. it impacts people's lives. The last one I'm going to do is called the Deep Blue In. What's that one? About? Okay, so that's a that's a fun one. Um, I've got the deputy CISOs from GSK, HCA Healthcare, or GSK is GlaxoSmithKline, HCA Healthcare, and 3M, and they all play a really interesting role in the healthcare supply chain. So 3M, you know, manufacturing technology. You know, uh, a lot of their equipment runs and automates uh, infrastructure and manufacturing systems that produce drugs. Um, HCA uh, is uh, the, basically the largest for-profit health system in the world. They treated the most patients during COVID out of any health system. Uh, and GlaxoSmithKline is a you know a pharmaceutical company that uh, produces drugs and therapies to treat people. So you know, the idea with that talk is to how do these three you know, important players in, in healthcare work together, what kinds of threats do they uniquely face? And then, you know, as a group that they all face and how do they defend against it? And it's really a talk about, um, you know, how do these groups like innovate through uh, working with each other and then with their customers around solving healthcare problems at scale when they cross these three subsectors. That's our own Rick Howard speaking with Taylor Lehman from Google. Ann Johnson is host of the Afternoon Cyber Tea Podcast right here on the CyberWire Podcast Network. In this excerpt from a recent episode, she speaks with Ram Shankar Siva Kumar and Dr. Hiram Anderson 
about the promise, peril, and impact of AI. Today I am joined by Dr. Hiram Anderson and Ram Shankar Sivakumar, who are co-authors, and congratulations guys, but co-authors of the book, Not With a Bug, But With a Sticker. Hiram is currently CTO at Robust Intelligence, an AI integrity platform and solutions provider. Hiram's technical career has focused on security, having directed research projects at MIT Lincoln Laboratory, Sandia National Labs, FireEye, and as chief scientist at Endgame and principal architect of trustworthy machine learning at Microsoft. Hiram also co-founded and co-organizes the conference on applied machine learning and information security, ML security evasion competition, and the ML model attribution challenge. That's a lot. Ram Shankar is a self-described data cowboy here at Microsoft with his work focusing on the intersection of machine learning and security. He is the founder of Microsoft's AI Red Team, which brings together an interdisciplinary group of researchers and engineers to proactively attack AI systems and defend them from attacks. I am really excited to welcome both of you, Hiram and Ram. Rob, I want to start with you on this question. You underscore some of the most impressive and important AI-powered advances in business, in science, in society, because it's not just about, you know, technology, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure since the book's published, there have been even more groundbreaking discoveries. Can you help paint the picture of what AI might be able to do for the world? What massive changes and problems it can help solve? Absolutely. For me, as I was like working with Hiram on this book, It really, you know, we think of like Tesla and we think about Facebook and we think about Google as the forefront of folks who are working in AI systems. And we think of them as, oh, they're the ones who are commonly identified as the AI vanguards. But for me, it was super surprising to know that Hershey's is using AI to kind of like identify the ideal number of twists in Twizzlers. You know, you've got McDonald's kind of using like AI to optimize their supply chain. So things that you may not think about, your chicken nuggets is almost powered by AI, I would like to think so. But it really is no longer this piece of technology that's only relegated to the people who are creating it, but democratized completely across the board. And that's really the interesting aspect. We've invited this technology that we really don't understand what the risk is, but we see massive economic gains around it. And that is a very interesting proposition. Like, here's a piece, here's something that people are still do not know what the consequences are, but it's pervaded everything from the time that I wake up to the time that, you know, from driving my car to work, to kind of like doing my work and and going back home and unbinding with Netflix, there's like every part of it is touched by this like transformational technology. And the question that Hiram and I kind of try to tease out in the book is, great, this system is now absolutely essential to our world. What does it mean for an adversary to go after it? So Hiram, a few pages later in the book, you're quick to point out the peril of AI. Mm. In an excerpt, in AI, we overtrust. It's important, of course, as AI goes more mainstream, that everyone from researchers and technologists to everyday people understands limitations from what it can and can't do, what it should and shouldn't do. Hiram, can you help unpack that for our audience? Why is that healthy skepticism about AI so important and why should we continue to have skepticism? Yeah, and thanks. And and. Listen, Ram and I both are optimists 
especially when it comes to the utility of AI to make a better world, to make a more convenient uh, world for us. And so when we talk about an AI we overtrust, I think that the basic thing to remember is that when AI is trained, it's trained to do one thing pretty good. And when it does that one thing pretty good, we often ascribe the, its ability in areas it was never designed to perform well in. So this is this is one element of, of people relying on AI. We rely on it for one thing. An example would be relying on a, a, a robot to to give um, directions, as was uh, as was uh, in our book. In a normal situation, it turns out that because we we gain this reliance and trust in this certain situation, we tend to overtrust it when we depart from the normal behavior that the robot was trained to do. So surprisingly, this automation bias that we have extends to AI in a way that we need to be careful about. You can subscribe to the Afternoon Cyber Tea Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on our website, thecyberwire.com. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. Your feedback helps us ensure we're delivering the information and insights that help keep you a step ahead in the rapidly changing world of cybersecurity. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. The show was written by our editorial staff. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, 
and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 